Recording in progress. You got it. All right. Recording on all ends. Oh, yeah. Clarity. Clarissa explains, Clar Clarissa explains the clarity. <laughs> Professionals. We're from Hollywood. We're Holly. Holly did horse. You, did you guys know that? Or woods. We're, we're Hollywooders. Okay. Recording. Streaming. Recording. Recording. Original sound. Done. Click the music. Time to party. Okay, kids. Let's go. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? Hello. What have we here? So funny. Hello. Holy shit. Thanks, C3 Penis Face and R2 Dickhead. Hello there. You can bounce him when you have, I would say. <laughs> May the force be with us. Fucking A. Good day, Galaxy. Folks watching back at it again. I am Mopar. I am Commander. We're here. 275? Um, 275. 275? Can you think back once upon a time when I used to do the intros? What kind of a world were we living in? Dark times. It's no surprise I took those episodes off the podcast feed. <laughs> Before the Empire. Well, welcome. If it's your yeah. first time or your 60th time, we appreciate all of them. Or your 260th time. Mm -hmm. Thanks for being here. Um, Longtime fans of the show will be expecting us to talk about KOTOR. We obviously have some exciting news about that. Hence our wallpapers if you're watching the live stream. And if you're not watching the live stream, tune in every Sunday except this week. We're doing it on Monday. YouTube. Yes. Check it out. Make it happen. Pretty hyped. Pretty hyped about this. I'm glad. I have thought. You know, with. with yeah, exactly. I, I'm glad that with all the cease and desists and, and all that shit, uh, you know, in the past five ish years, that it's at least culminating to something. Rather than, you know, all that work going to nothing, we still don't get anything. Um, yeah, for sure. Are we diving into this right now? No. Okay. Welcome to the show! And uh, <laughs> if, <laughs> that's how it goes. <laughs> well, we do. Uh, we haven't done a weather report in a while. Uh, it was beautiful la this past weekend. It was like prime Dude. time. Yes. That's one big reason why I live in Ohio. Um, yeah, it's a good... This is my favorite time of year. Well, we're, we're about to be in my favorite time of year, but it's close. Yeah. I, I feel it coming along. It's like 55 at night and like 75 during the day. It's like, it's Perfect. glorious. It's perfection. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it was good. How was your Browns game? You watched the Browns football, foosball? Yeah. Unfortunate ending, but we looked great. We really, really, really looked great. So uh, you guys that's got where I'll uniforms leave it. or something? brighter orange good haircuts construction cone orange code <laughs> that's right on theme with ohio though yeah it's true especially cleveland <laughs> yeah i never thought about that their helmet does look like a sideways traffic cone doesn't it orange barrel construction zone yep we, that's what it should be the cleveland barrelers this is a bunch of barrels <clears throat> uh i don't know if you really watch uh baseball at all but they renamed the uh the tribe a couple months ago any thoughts yeah. on that i don't really give a shit to be completely honest i don't care 
I okay. really don't care. You know, obviously we grew up with the Indians and they were great in the 90s and they were it was a historic time. We just never could get it done in the 90s and then I gave up on them and I don't really watch baseball because yeah. of that. They we we little no joke in the 90s like 95, 97ish. Yeah. We had probably one of the greatest teams of all time. Yep. Of all fucking time and we still couldn't get it done. So it sounds a lot like the Cavs, but then they actually did end up getting it they done. They did it. That's that's why LeBron uh, is his greatness. I mean, outside of Cleveland, you may not think that, but you know, pure greatness. He's the only thing that 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 whole pretty much the whole state can point yeah. to and say, "Look, we we were on top once." So, yep. So, a couple presidents and LeBron James. That's what yeah, we got going yeah. For well, in Ohio home. State, they're they're winners down there. Which, by the way, they lost this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't so this opening? Wasn't it open weekend too? Yeah. It, no. What am I thinking? I think it was the brand. It was the. It was the first home game. Yeah, whatever. Season opening. I don't know. Stadium opening, football opening, college opening. I don't know. But yeah, it was our second game, but we lost it. But whatever. It's, it is what it is. I don't. I expect Ohio State to win, and when they don't, it, it is surprising. Right. But we have a rough year ahead of us, and I I know that. So I wasn't surprised, but it is still like, God damn it. So. Is it the opposite of Cleveland, where you expect them to lose, and then when they do, it's very exactly. happy? Exactly. No, it is. It, they're very, very different teams, because Ohio State, even when they're bad, you know, they're like top five teams in the whole right. fucking sport. Right. When the Browns are good, they're doubted through every fucking game, through every minute, because <laughs> they'll figure a way out to, to screw themselves, which... Always. You know, to be honest, the entire team did great. One, one or two small fuck-ups, and it, it ruined the whole game when we lost. The good thing is we barely lost to, you know, the team that was in the Super Bowl. So there is still some light. But good. I digress. It'll be uh, Star Wars news from here on out. Don't talk about anything else. They're tired of this shit. So oh, shit. am I. Sorry, I'm, about to turn this up. I'm turning you down. Muted. Sorry, forever. man. Sorry. I didn't mean to. Don't I hurt didn't me. Know. Uh, Witch Hunt, Jared, welcome to the chat. Please chime in. Tell us what the fuck you want to hear. I know on the short list is KOTOR, the Matrix trailer, Matrix 4. Oh, I didn't watch that. Interesting. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Uh, They didn't reveal much. At least I'm not a... Go ahead. Let me say something about the Matrix. Please do. This might rub people the wrong way, but I really don't mean it in... Only Kerner will be offended. A very negative way. Please continue. I truly believe... The Matrix would be bananas more popular and more of a staple if the score was phenomenal. I think the score really? is one one big thing that's lacking in the Matrix. Huh. And I'm not saying it's bad, but I feel like that's <laughs> one of those movies that if the score was like groundbreaking. Well, it's hard to say. You could you could say that about any fucking movie, I guess. But I feel <laughs> yeah. like, I feel like the Matrix is like set up to be one of those groundbreaking score movies. Maybe maybe you can prove me wrong. But as well, I watched, I don't that remember movie, who did, who did the score. I'm gonna look really quick. As I watched through that movie, I've only seen it maybe twice, and I remember zero percent of the score. That's probably part of the problem. If I don't know who did the score for a movie, and it's a yeah. renowned movie, I feel yeah. like I I was way more into it back in the day. But I usually have a good sense of like who the composer was. Sure. Don Davis. And what else has he done? He looks like a hamster penis. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> okay, okay. I've got it. I've got it in my head. 
cold no, from I, Parks and Rec, but also extremely accurate. Uh, he looks like Mr. Hamster Penis. Yeah, I, I can see what you mean. I feel like this one had a lot of, unlike Star Wars, where it's pure score, this one had an original score and songs put into it, I think. Oh, really? I believe, it was a mixture. Okay. I believe so, because I remember I was listening to uh, Revenge of the 90s. Revenge of the Nine. You're just pointing at Carl's face or whoever the fuck. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot to turn a virtual background on. <laughs> uh, if you're watching this on IGTV or whatever, it's just Revenge under his left nostril. <laughs> um, they were talking about like uh, Rage Against the Machine was in it, and Steve was like, "That's when I first heard Rage Against the Machine, and I became obsessed." And I was like, "Oh yeah, I feel like they did sneak some actual Rage tracks was in, in the Matrix." You're saying? I think so. I like that now. Matrix is actually not a bad movie. Or perhaps it was <laughs> back. You know how back in the day they used to do like a a soundtrack and the score, and it was like songs inspired by. You know what I'm thinking it might be is like the Matrix trailer had a soundtrack. That might be it. That might be. But it. the 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 actual movie didn't because they they do that often. Well, at least it was it was big in the '90s where you just hear a random fucking yeah, like you said, Pearl Jam song over a movie trailer and then the Pearl Jam's not in the movie at all and you're like well okay let's explore this for a second because I'm having different memories and they're conflicting just a little bit so here's the Wikipedia for the Matrix soundtrack and Marilyn it says the Matrix music from the motion picture and the track listing includes Marilyn Manson propeller heads some people that I don't know the prodigy Rob Zombie Deftones Monster Magnet Rammstein and Rage Against the Machine Interesting. Now, Maybe. I don't know if all 13 of these songs are in the film, but no, yeah, right here. Track order by movie appearance. Dragula. Look when below Neo that. It meets says, Trinity at the nightclub. Yeah. It says music from the film does not appear on the sound. Okay, that's okay. Never mind. I take it back. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, so maybe so maybe it that's Wake why up. it is. If if they were using just normal songs, maybe that's what rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know. I oh, just, and then Wake Up is the credit song. Got it. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. This makes a little more validity to it, I think. That does. Uh, that is a very 90s thing to do. I, I'm picturing like uh, the Godzilla from Matthew Bot- Broderick Godzilla. Because then yes. they have they had random songs in there. And then like you get to the end credits and all of a sudden there's like a Led Zeppelin song. You're like, what? what yes. Happened? And the one that I had on CD that I listened to all the time was Spider-Man 2 soundtrack. And none of this was in the film, I don't think. I'm pretty sure none of it was in the film because it was it was just a score because it's a superhero movie. But Dashboard Confessional, Train, Hoobastank, Yellow Card, Maroon Five, like I had this album. That's hilarious. Yeah, because I had the Godzilla soundtrack, and I had I think the Small Soldiers, which is a weird one to have. No, but, but that kid's favorite band was Led Zeppelin. I know, and Led Zeppelin was on that. I remember that. That's why <laughs> they're like I don't. It's funny, but you don't. Don't criticize me too much because I think it was actually pretty decent. Hell no, I'm, I'm laughing because I, I agree with Good you. Good God, y'all! Yeah, yep. and a Bone Thugs and Harmony remix of War Man, with I've Henry been... Rollins, Tom Morello, and Flea. What? I have that's, to hear. I have to hear this song. That's a gregarious bunch, dude. That is that is a cr- incredible uh, collection of musicians. There's Tom Sawyer's on there. Oh, I remember Cheap Chick, uh, Cheap Tricks Surrender. I do remember that. Damn. There's some good stuff. Love is a battlefield. Yeah, I for sure have this because I would listen to Tom Sawyer and War at the end over Damn. and over. All right, you know what I got to do? Pull it up on Spotify and add this purchase to my the CD from. I don't even, you know, it'd be nice to have a CD as like a 
memento, but I have no way to play it. I couldn't listen to it. I literally don't have anything. I guess I could put it in my Xbox. Your truck doesn't have a CD player? That's oh, literally, it probably does. That's like the only place to play a CD. I guess I, well, I didn't think about it because I've never bothered to try, but yeah, it probably does. Uh, what did I just say? Small soldiers. Yeah, I got to add this shit to my recently played so I can listen to it. Cool. That was a fun trip down memory lane. Yeah, yeah. All that to say, I think The Matrix could be better. It's it's an it's it stands alone as a great great '90s movie. Yeah. Part, partly because it's late '90s and it looks great. Mm-hmm. But you know, you you start looking at those '90s movies, and I th- I really think if if it was it had a better soundtrack and or score, it yeah, would stand apart. Like... It would stand apart even more. So I guess. Yes. Yeah, because it's not. I mean, I remember. The track that's playing in the underscore when Morpheus is explaining the Matrix and like girl in the red dress walk, walks by. I remember how that sounds like, but it's not like there's a memorable like theme. You know what I mean? There's not like a Matrix theme, at least not that I can recall. Like just picture the Dark Knight without the score. Oh yeah, it's nothing. Well, I wouldn't say that, but it would feel like it. it would feel like just picture like if there was Eminem in there and like just random. <laughs> So you mean Suicide Squad? Nickelback. I don't know. Throw them in there. Yeah. But I really think... I don't, I don't know. I just, you know... We, we harp on uh, s- scores a lot. And I, I really mm-hmm. I still stand by. I think it's really, really important. And it can ruin or hold a movie together. So. I agree. I agree. Witch Hunter says, I've never seen any Matrix movies. Yeah, to be... I'm surprised by that, Witch Hunter. Yeah. Fucko. And then Riley says, you better watch the movies now. Do it. Turn yeah. this shit off. It's. I would be curious, is very much like I am with Star Wars, if you were to watch all three of the Matrix movies right now, back to back, with no breaks, what you would think of the uh, the sequel and the third one, because I feel like the Matrix, um, the second and the third Matrix, very much like the Star Wars prequels, get that same kind of hate. It's like, oh, well, you can never top the first one. It was so groundbreaking. These movies suck. I love The Matrix, but can't watch two and three because they're horrible. I hear that all the time. Well, under that uh, assumption, episode five and episode six should be trash as well because it comes mm. after episode four. Well, I didn't mean it like that. I meant. Well, that's exactly what you meant because there's three movies. <laughs> I meant the original <laughs> truth. I actually, I think back in the day that did happen. I know happen. they did. I heard. I've I've read many disgusted yeah. reviews of episode five. How who was this fucking puppet in the swamp? Bruh. What the hell, Green? I was more. What the hell, Green? <laughs> I was more referring to, like the original trilogy as a thing, and then the prequels coming after it. Everybody shit on them forever. But uh, yeah, fucko. Why don't you go and watch the Matrix films and let us know what you think? Ah, <sighs> Um. So the Matrix trailer. The was it good? Teaser. Did you watch it? I did watch it. Was good. Uh, Hawkeye trailer as well. I didn't watch that either. You know, and all I fucking did, I watched a few movies Okay. in the past week. Um, I got to the point where I was annoying myself re-watching the same old shit. I got to the <laughs> point where I just felt like, you know what? I need something new because I'm in this like loop of just watching yeah. dog shit 
Even though, even if I still enjoy it, I'm just like, I need something fresh. Apparently, I haven't gotten to that point yet. It's I've been <laughs> it's it's been Jersey Shore on loop and a bunch of I don't know I don't even know. I, the bad <clears> thing <throat> is I'll throw on a movie I like and then not watch it. So it's like, what am I even? You know, I'll play yeah. on my phone or you know just not pay attention or whatever. It's like, yeah, what's the point? I threw on Iron Man two while I reorganized my bookshelf the other day, which was Did fun. I was just kind of no. Um, you know, you're in and out. I try to make it so the movies that I'm rewatching for like the 50th time, it's just like in the background while I do something else. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I rolled a dice with, uh, which I've been meaning to, uh, watch The Social Network. Oh, nice. You never seen it? No, I hadn't seen that. Uh, it was very, very good. Yeah. Very well written, and I liked the flow, because it could have been just a very dry film, but they broke it up very well just to make it you know it's a yeah. less linear story and they kind of jump around a little bit but it makes it a little more exciting so spider-man and lex luthor yes yes and <laughs> yeah go ahead jt isn't it crime oh, goddamn yeah. motherfucking river he's, he's the napster guy yeah i forgot about that so uh and then i rolled on the that dice. one quickly oh, go though what did you speaking of soundtracks what do you think of the soundtrack for that movie didn't pay attention at all really I love I that one. Not a single memory of the social network's soundtrack. Really? Didn't it set like the tone? It's like this eerie, like kind of unsettling vibe the whole time. You know, maybe I just wasn't paying attention to that because obviously the first watch through, I'm like focused on the plot and the characters. So maybe the next time I can kind of focus on other stuff. But I was getting like darker vibes and maybe it was coming from the, the score of the soundtrack. But yeah. I was watching like the, there was a lot of, filmmaking stuff in there which sounds funny but it it's a very like this is what happens to goddamn but i'm gonna make well, it like look- montages or something uh, no i just mean it, it had very a very dark undertone for just like a biography basically that's what all that's all i'm saying well it wasn't a biography it was a what do they call those it was a term biopic yes biography picture but it's not like a biography in the sense that it's like a documentary mm. you, know what I mean? you know what i mean sure sure they took a uh, creative liberal inses one of these days you'll get something out <laughs> um but yeah i mean i just i was surprised by the amount of effort that went into you know different scenes and stuff just to show you know fucko as a as a weird guy and it was like yeah. This, this is this is way more than I thought I was jumping into it as far as a movie. So it was nice. It was really nice. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, um, the score for that one is one that I listen to recreationally on a somewhat regular basis. It's in my playlist of uh, movie soundtracks. So it's good. It's good background music. So list it nice. up sometime. Okay. And then what else did you watch? Um, I also watched Love and Monsters. That is by the yep person that was hired to write Rogue Squadron. Ye- no, uh, or Kenobi. Uh, was it the screenwriter or I was it the, the actual so. writer? Well, one or the other. Director M- Michael Matthews. I forget now. We're just tossing shit out there. None, none of this even matters. Well. I was going to say, didn't you watch it because we heard that 
what's his face was uh working on star wars you wanted to see if he was fucking up to snuff and shit writer <sighs> interesting i saw so, i'm sorry I'm, I'm tripping over my own stuff i swear that was the guy who was supposed to be like the lead writer for rogue squadron but it says adds writer matthew robinson to the team did i just watch a, the wrong movie <laughs> I don't fucking know. Well, let me look at Matthew Robinson and we'll be able to tell you. <clears throat> the invention of lying was one of them. But yeah, of love and monsters, writer. Okay. Michael Matthews, writer. Or but love is he and doing monsters, Star Wars stuff? Yeah. Star Wars Rogue Squadron announced. Okay, perfect. Yep. You're correct. So I knew that well. name sounded familiar. Yeah, so well thank God I didn't watch a movie for no reason. Um <laughs> Well, did you enjoy it? That's a good yeah, reason. Yeah, it was. It, it was actually surprisingly good. It was uh, like post-apocalyptic, you know, sit or like satire. It felt very Fallout, Fallout-esque. Plus, okay. you know, just like I don't know, goofy monsters. It was like okay. it was like Fallout plus Jurassic Park. Okay. Because so they, I mean, radiated the dinosaurs. the whole the whole. The whole thing is there's a comet or something headed towards Earth, so Earth bands together and shoots a bunch of nuclear missiles at it. Blows the fucking thing up, everybody lives, but then there's nuclear fallout from the missiles exploding, and it warps all the animals on Earth, and they all become like huge fucking monsters. So everybody's living in like fallout bunkers, uh, and it's about this loner kid who just got a girlfriend right before fallout. Fallout happens. They go into different bunkers and he talks to her over the radio and is too like timid to go onto the surface. He's like too scared. So he breaks through his, you know, his uh, shell and just risks it out there and he's like, what the fuck? But he, he comes across, you know, some some fun stuff, some goofy nice. monsters out there. So it's it was a it was just a fun movie. That's all I'm saying. Good. I recommend yeah. it if you just want something good to watch and that, that that's easy to watch. So. I think I put it on the uh, very long list after we found out that he was working on Rogue Squadron. So yeah, to be honest, it was a pretty straightforward movie. There was no twist or anything. There was a small twist, but it doesn't really matter. No Shyamalan twists? Not really. No, okay. no. That's good. You know, you get. We talked about it last week. We get kind of fucking sick of those. No, I agree. And then to wrap up the goddamn Mopar hour of uh, fuck arounds, <laughs> Mopar Cinema Review. Uh, I watched. I finally watched Sonic. Oh, what do you think about that? Oh man, not good. It was a lot better than I expected. Really? A lot better. A fucking lot better. <laughs> so uh, you know, it, when you walk into something like that, you just don't know what to expect. First of all, how many how many games have become movies and been successful? Not many. Zero. Not a single fucking one. <laughs> Um, but they did it in such like a, a kid friendly way, you know, it was very grounded. It it jumped it jumped a little bit, you know, they had to basically sound an alien. I mean, they, that was the way their way around it. He's from like another uh, dimension. He was raised by this fucking owl, she dies and gives him some coins. It's I mean it's it's very kid kid built story. But uh, basically, the, the coins that he gets allows him to go to another dimension so he can stay safe. Because a lot of people are after him because he has that power. He can go fucking fast. So he has to leave his uh, original home after his 
mentor owl dies and she says just run just run sonic and be safe he ends up on earth he hides out for a while robotnik is a thing it's fine <laughs> okay but but, but run, all that sonic, all that run all that to say uh jim carrey as dr robotnik um did not rub me the wrong way surprisingly i expected it to be somewhat cringy for him to overdo the Jim Carrey stuff, you know, stuff fucking freaking out. And it was just great. He was just so solid in it. I was very happy. Um, They have sprinkles of adult humor throughout. So, you know, of course, you and I can be entertained as we're watching. It's not a kid's movie unless there's some uh, dirty jokes in there. Dicks. Um, (laughs) Dicks. (laughs) Um, God, there was another point. Oh, oh, and there's a lot of pop culture references. It's it's very fun if you if you're just paying attention because the owl that dies at the very beginning, it's narrated by Sonic the whole time. Got um, it. But he calls the owl his Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, so nice. There's like stuff that. like sprinkled throughout that if you're pop culture pop shit. culture nerd, you'll you'll. I mean, they reference it. And who is Sonic's voice actor? I don't know. I couldn't oh, put my finger on it. Oh, it's uh, fucking John Ralphio Saperstein. Yeah. What uh, is him? It's from, from Parks and Rec. Sorry. Parks and Rec fans will know John Ralphio. His name is Ben Schwartz, but he's in oh. Parks and Rec and a bunch of other shit that I can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, but he's funny. He's really funny. Oh, he was Leo in this Ninja Turtles thing? Oh, really? Robot Chicken. Bowser Burgers, Bojack Horseman. He's in a he's in a ton of stuff. Oh, they're making a second Sonic the Hedgehog. Great, makes sense. I would imagine Doctor Robotnik did not perish at the end of the film, and he's probably Doctor Robotnik. Back. Yeah, he's probably going to come back and seek his revenge. Uh, no, he didn't perish. Okay, good. I figured they would set that up for a sequel. There was there was some nice callbacks. Like obviously, I grew up. Maybe that's what's holding the whole story together. Is mm-hmm. it was very retro for me because. I just loved Sonic. For how much I love Mario as a kid, Sonic was like the next level for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, not only can I run and jump, but I can run really fucking fast. Hell yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I grew up on that stuff. So maybe that's, you know, I, I was watching all the callbacks and how Sonic would attack, per se, uh, Dr. Robotnik. And I was like, ah, there it is. Knew he was going to do that. Everyone loves a good Easter egg, man. Yeah, yeah. And the um, his buddy, his human buddy, uh, he it's a it's a cop. Um, Cyclops. He, he's yeah he, he's he's great. I forget Good. the guy's name. Cyclops. Tom or James Mar- Marston. Yeah. Cyclops. Yeah, he's Cyclops in X Men. God. The first three blew the my mind. Ninety nine, two thousand, whatever era uh, X Men. Yeah. Him and Wolverine are getting grumpy about. Fighting over Jean Grey's body. What else is he? In? Oh, he's in Hairspray. For all yeah. the things that I I know I was, him from, I didn't want to a, say that because I didn't know if you had seen it. But what's his name? Corky, Corky Cor- Corny Romano. I don't know. Corny Corky Collins. Romano, yeah, Corny yeah. Collins. Corny Collins. Thank you. That's a, that's weird because I did not. Yeah, I wouldn't have called out X Men. <laughs> I would have been like, "Who is he in X Men?" But Corny Collins show for sure. I can't tell because he's got the visor on. He's got he's a superhero in that one. But he plays the yeah his uh, cop buddy and you know it's it's almost like a buddy buddy film. Yeah, oh, one guy's a cop human, the other's a alien hedgehog. So fuck it. Those are always fun. Buddy films are always fun. Riley says, "What are you talking about? What about the James Bond video games? Maybe 
that games themselves a, are good, but yeah. That was a movie made into a game. We were talking about video games getting made into movies. Yeah. Like the Mario movie. Dear fuck. That's <clears> what <throat> well, that to one's do. that one's in uh loved as a cult classic. Fanboy yeah, commentary, here we come. That'd be a great one to do. Actually, that would be. Do I have a list of potential commentaries That's of the right fanboys? The list starts there. The list we yep, it begins. It begins. <laughs> Number one. Number. All right. New note. Fanboy commentary. Someone also said uh, Indiana Jones in the chat at some point. Oh, I guess that that's that's decently solid. I think there are some pretty good Indiana Jones games out there. I was nothing new. I don't think. Sorry, I was talking about um, fanboy commentary options. Oh, that's not funny enough. Is what he meant. I have only seen the first one, and I would hate to watch a. The whole point about fanboy commentary is like. We have to either know it really, really well, or it's got to be like kind of bad, so we can make fun. Yeah, of it. it's got to be bad or goofy enough. I would not want to watch Indiana Jones, which is most revered for the first time, and then try to be shitting on it when I don't really need it's to. It's a heavier movie than you would expect to. I, yeah. I rewatched it recently. I, I still need to like sit down and like view it, yeah. but I threw it on one time and I was like, oh shit, this is a lot heavier than I originally thought. I'm mm-hmm. gonna have to like start this another day. So. Die another day. So cool. Well, I'm glad you got some movies in. Knocked off the list. That's more than I did. I did watch Loki. Oh, Um, you finished it. I I finished all of Loki. Well, it's more than I did. Well, you watched four movies. I guess. And I watched the hot chick. I watched the hot chick with uh, Rob Schneider. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not even joking. We watched. I've never seen that one. It was pretty good. Rob Schneider had his time, and that's like almost peak. Rob Schneider, he was, Dude, he was a goof in that I remember my dad was obsessed. After The Waterboy came out, you hear him say, you can do it. And then you just think he's the funniest guy. And then he was in like 40 movies right after that. Yeah. He's like, all right, we got to just run off of this, you know, one one joke from The Waterboy. Let's do it. And yep. Deuce Bigelow and The Hot Chick. I never saw The Hot Chick, though. Yeah. He trades bodies with the uh, the notebook girl, the girl from The Notebook. Oh yeah, Doctor Strange. And that's basically girlfriend. what happens. She becomes him, who's a thief, and he becomes her, who's just you know a teenage girl. So it, it yeah. gets it gets weird. Very nineties, very fun. <laughs> Whatever, it was fun. That's funny. Well, I'm glad you watched that. Those are fun every once in a while. Sometimes I go back through HBO and I'm just like, I just want something dumb that I haven't seen in like 15 years. Yeah, and it's hard to find sometimes. Like, you go to the HBO comedy section and just scroll through the movies. There's like. It's- too many Trash. movies on there, and there's like it's, five good ones, and I've seen. Yeah, them. it's five good ones that I've seen. Yeah, over and over. Yeah. See that? That's the pit that I hit like six months ago. I kept saying like I need a comedy that I haven't seen in a while, but and that's where like the Blues Brother kind of Blues Brothers kind of itched the scritch. That was a good one that I hadn't seen for a while and was you know darker and, and fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just you know I I'm still on that that seam. I'm trying to find more stuff like that, but. They're kind of few and far between. Stripes is another decent one that's back in the day that's a little goofy. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen Stripes, actually. That's a, it's a pretty good one. There's Scrooge. a YouTuber that I watch, and every uh, he has a airplane and a Caddyshack poster behind him, and every time I see it, I'm just like, oh, I need to rewatch Caddyshack. Yeah, I do that's been once a week. Um, <laughs> but I haven't seen Airplane in a minute, and I... Yeah, I need to watch that one. That's a, that's probably a good one to watch. Yeah, Airplane and Naked Gun have been a while since. I've Jeez, seen Naked shits. Guns. Yep. 
Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, there was a time for those. Leslie <laughs> that Nielsen. That time has passed. <laughs> yeah, it has. Those movies do not hold up well, but it'd be it'd still be fun to just go back and goof around for an hour and a half. You know, be another one is um, Major League, is a great movie Ooh. from the nineties. That one holds up uh, a little better. Uh yeah, I haven't seen that. In has long. um uh yes has Steve's podcast done um. Um, Major I League? think Major League was 89. Oh, fuck. That sucks. But he did start a second show. It's all about the Cleveland Indians, and they named the show after Major League. Oh, nice. So, yeah, the California Penal League is what it's called. <laughs> if, I, if I still paid attention to baseball, I would listen to it, but I don't. Sorry, Steve. But if you like baseball, you should listen to it. I think it's strictly about Cleveland baseball, though. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Go listen to this new podcast. It sucks. No, Cleveland baseball sucks. Not their <laughs> Well, podcast. that gives them something to talk about. Exactly. No, it's very true. It's the same thing with Star Wars. Exactly. If we, if everything was good, we wouldn't have a podcast about Star Wars. We would just enjoy the content and go to sleep. Who's your least favorite Star Wars character? Mission. <laughs> Ooh, I actually don't <laughs> mind her. Only because I had KOTOR on the brain. That one popped out. Um, it's hard to say. Least favorite has two. It can't be a background character. They have to have some lines, but well, I was gonna say one like most annoying. I think obviously is Jar Jar. Really, I, I kind of throw C three PO in there as most annoying, but there's also like characters that I just think are stupid and pointless and shouldn't be on the screen. Like Mission's not meant to be annoying like C three PO is. She's just right. an annoying dumb character. <laughs> no, I agree. You know what I mean? Sorry, voice Karth, for Mission. Karth is annoying. Yeah, Karth is fucking annoying. Everyone, world-renowned, everyone knows Karth is a pain in the ass. Um, Well, let me think about it for a second. Who's yours? Least favorite Star Wars character? Man. Palpatine? (laughs) They ruined Palpatine for us. No matter what you say, it's probably a clone of Palpatine or someone who Palpatine created or, you know, know, played shuffleboard with Palpatine on Wednesdays. I wish I wish he could just retire and relax. Can you imagine a Sith Carnival cruise? <laughs> and it's just Palpatine and Plagueis playing shuffleboard and getting yeah. Bloody Marys and stuff. Yeah. Um, I would probably honestly say that stupid old Jedi from the Thrawn trilogy. Jorah Sabaoth or whatever his name is. Sabaoth. Sabaoth. Yeah. yeah, he's annoying as hell. can't say he's annoying but just least favorite i'm just like i'm not interested in this whatsoever i think i would say that i don't know you know what i don't know will you tell me what he's not gonna be my least favorite but i'm gonna throw a very questionable one out honorable mention a very this is gonna start stir some shit let's do it I, don't even, I almost don't even want to say it because I know people are going to be pissed. Was there an H? You almost said Poe? Lando. Oh! Those are shots fired, huh? I just don't think he adds anything. Now, with that said, I do... Well... Come on, Chad. I, rise up. You know, I was going to say I think he does add something in Solo, but it's the same character. It, it's not like there is any character building in solo it's the same dude he's just younger 
He's well, still a cocky prick. We were front, and then there <laughs> more of us. I I hate saying that because he's not my least favorite, but it is definitely an honorable mention. I wish there was more. I wish there was more. Well, I guess he is very much a, at least in Empire, his whole point of being introduced is like Han has a shady past. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the point. You know what I mean? And they develop that a little bit. But yeah, you are right. In Solo, I mean, it's just Han's getting involved with some gambler smuggler guy. And then he disappears for 20 years, and then they meet back up at Cloud City. It's weird. It's just weird to me. I wish there was some... It, it, and he felt very forced in, Nine. The, in the sequels. Yep. It I was, was gonna terrible. Say, that's probably the most... You, want, you were complaining about Mando Season 2 a little bit back when that first came out, but I think the most egregious use of fan service is Lando in Episode 9. It just... It, it was a swing and a miss for me. I just don't... It could have been anybody. And it was had. like it was like Billy D. Williams showed up on set, and they were like, "Oh, we're we're filming this. Just get over here. Just say these few lines. We'll oh be good. yeah, throw that carpet on. We'll, we'll put you put you some drool jewels, and you'll show up at the uh, celebration." I'm surprised that outfit still fit from when he was like 20. Ah man, I just I I really wish I didn't have to say that, guys. It's okay. Riley uh, Riley's pissed. It's okay. A lot of people will be. He's a b- beloved character. Yeah, but why? Because <laughs> he's cool, man. Some characters are just cool. It doesn't matter what their backstory is. Han, you just like them. Han Solo's cool. Chewbacca's cool. Yeah, Chewbacca's cool. He doesn't. Lando s- is borderline useless. Well, he does betray everyone on the good side. At he first. fucks around. And then everybody. he becomes a general. <laughs> and then he becomes a general. Oh, you fucked us over? I'm sure we've talked about that before. It's just like... Uh, yeah. Shots fired. That's fine. That's fine, how, guys. How did they, his paperwork get through the rebellion? Did they do a background check on Lando before they made him a general? No, they were friends. <laughs> uh, <sighs> like, it would have been... Like you said, in Solo, we saw young Solo have a questionable past. He overcame some hurdles grew as a character, learned a couple lessons along the way. Fine. Yeah. Lando starts off with a brand new goddamn ship with nice things and ends with a broken ship but still is fine. No droid lover anymore. Yeah. I and then Han takes his ship too. I almost like um, uh, L3 or L4 or L- L2 or whatever L3, her name is. Yeah. I like her better than Lando. <laughs> At least she's doing stuff. I don't know. She has a cause. Lando does not have a cause in the entire Star Wars universe. Lando has no cause. Well, his himself is the cause. Maybe I, that's the point. I get it, but we already have that character. His name's Han Solo. But that's not. See, that's what Han wants you to think, but that's not that's actually what Han his character. Wants. Yeah. No, I'm fine with it. You guys can be pissed. Your, your least favorite person in Star Wars is Mopar now. Fuck him. True. He's definitely in Star Wars. So that's your that's your honorable mention. Is that your actual choice? No, Karth is my fuck Karth. <laughs> oh, I man. truly despise. I don't like Karth at all. I really, really don't. No. And even though he's in one of my favorite, well, arguably my favorite game of all time, it's like I never have him with me. Never, not never. once. I don't give a shit. His voice. I know the voice actors 
been he's used a great over voice and over. Actor. But I just don't. I don't. He doesn't fit. I don't want him. If Karth was written to be an annoying prick, you nailed it. That's true. And I know he was in uh, Mass Effect as well. I mean, he's Caden. Yeah. Who I think Who I have a I grudge despise. against just because I hate Karth. <laughs> I despise as well. I never. I always. I always kill him off. And Ashley then you got yeah, you got to pick between him and Ashley. It's like, how are you going to turn that booty down? I know. Ashley's coming along. Assets come along. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I'll say uh, Joris Sabaoth from uh, from uh, whatever you call it. Heir, heir to the Empire. Yeah. Fuck that guy. I don't like him. All right. I guess we should talk about this whole Kotor thing. I guess so. Go ahead. Well, if you're a Star Wars fan and you're listening to the show, chances are you already know what we're talking about, but KOTOR was teased at a recent PlayStation event, KOTOR Remake, and it as actually is officially called the Knights of the Old Republic Remake. I have so many questions. I don't like that name. Remake so just sounds questions. so flippant. Oh, I agree. We redid it. Um, my question is, what's the difference between a remaster and a remake? Because remake makes it sound like you're starting from square one. They are. So they're not, like, updating. We're not getting a pod racer. Correct. Thank fuck. Yeah, remaster is like they kind of enhance it as much as they can to make it. It will output in, like, 1080p, and they enhance some of the mechanics or something like that. But remake Mm -hmm. is... Now, I don't know the details. I want to say that they're keeping, like, the voice acting and, like, the story and, like, those sound files and everything. But they are kind of rebuilding the game from the ground up, is what I understand. So it's going to be the exact same game. It's just going to be brand new. Well, (laughs) that sounds dumb, but I guess (laughs) it's the exact same game that you know and love, but it's just brand fucking new again. I I don't know if we know those uh, specifics. You know who? what I'm very interested in? I mean, we saw a glimpse of Revan, and that's what we all needed. But my God, when Malak shows up on screen, I'm fucking hyped. Yeah. Also, what's Bastila going to wear? That's what I that's, really need. And how many outfit choices is she going to have? That's the real question. <laughs> is Bioware working on Bastila's How big are model? the goggles and how much? <laughs> yeah, don't take out all the fun stuff. Don't take out, like, uh, the stupid inspector goggles. Yeah, it's like some of the you know plus ten dexterity. That's the best a- attachments you can get in the game. Um, let's see here. It says that the remake is a tremendous undertaking and encompasses almost every aspect of the original game, and they're still in early development. So this is essentially what we got for Elder Scrolls, Scrolls Six. It's like this is happening. We'll see you in like three years. Yeah. It's going to be a bit a minute. Speaking of 3 years. This is a random tangent. But Bob Igor, you always say Igor. Igor. <laughs> Isor uh mentioned that they were working on casting Andor 3 years ago. Almost to the month. Yeah. Why the fuck are we still sitting here without it? I know we're going to start complaining again. Um <laughs> The KOTOR remake announcement, that was a fun birthday gift that happened on my birthday last week. So that was nice. Um, I hate to say that my initial reaction in our group chat was... Of course. Now, KOTOR is, with the exception of the Phantom Menace, 
well, we've talked about it before. Phantom Menace got me into Star Wars. Kotor got me fucking addicted. Hmm. So I'm not going to say no. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to play it on day one. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I just am bummed that they rebranded Lucasfilm Games, and they're like, hey, we're going to be bringing all this new stuff to you, and we'd have nothing except for ports and remakes. Mm-hmm. Now, the fact that it's getting remade full, like from the ground up, Doing I'm it sure right. it's going to be beautiful. Sure. It's on next gen. I'm sure it's going to look amazing. But, you know, I have played KOTOR a hundred times. Mm-hmm. I want to experience the magic of something brand new mm-hmm. for the first time. That is, doesn't it feel like, I mean, you said it perfectly there. That's yeah. what we've been harping on. And I'm, we're not going to sit here and shit like that on this episode. But I might a little it, bit. It is, it is, it's like, thank you. That's what we wanted. Don't fucking listen to me. This is the last time this better happen. Yeah, I feel like it's like they're three years behind. Yeah. You know, yeah. not just in, in producing things. But the Speaking three of behind, three years, Bob f- Igor. <laughs> Igor. Igor. So it just reminds me of like Igor from Frankenstein. Or Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, I feel like they're three years behind the, the fan voice. It's like three years ago, people were like, I don't like the Disney sequels. Let's just do KOTOR again because we love that. And then that just kind of fizzled a little bit, I feel, because Disney didn't announce anything. And now all of a sudden they're remaking KOTOR. But for me and you, at this point, I'm like, I want something brand new again. I don't Mm -hmm. want to necessarily go back. I will, of course, but now I'm on to something else. So three years from now, we're going to get brand new Star Wars content, finally. Yeah. I mean, if I was running Disney from square one, I would... I would have done the sequels, seven, eight, and nine. You just have to. You have to close out the Skywalker saga. That's fine. But I would have started, like you said, with a Kotor. Let's 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 start a new. Let's let's finish the trilogy everybody wants to see finished, regardless of how you felt it, it turned out. But let's also like redesign something and mm-hmm. then have a writing team just write stories, build a whole universe while we're working on this shit. Yeah. So that way, once it comes out, then we're launching Cassian and doing this other stuff and doing Rogue One and that sort of thing. Which right. you know, we we've got a, a, a just a little sprinkle of that with with a Solo and Rogue One. But again, it's so hard tied into everything we've already known. I want what you want is to start fresh. Which that's why something like uh, Fallen Order worked so well because mm-hmm. it was new but familiar. Right. All at the same time, and it worked so well. It's just, you know, that game style is, you know... Yeah. You play it once and you're done. You, it's okay, that was fun. It was it was a great game. I'll sit here and, and argue it was a great game. Yep. But never again. So hopefully maybe, they fix maybe that once. too. Yeah. Maybe once. I'll, I'll play it again. So if you, if you go back to 2003 and think about why KOTOR was such a big success in the first place, it's because that was something brand new, but in familiar territory. Like, you don't have the Empire, but you do have the Sith Empire. You have troopers, you have starships, you have Jedi, the Force, everything that you know from Star Wars, but with a basically like a brand new skin, new era, new characters, new stories. So, like, that's, I think, the next big thing that Star Wars is going to be able to do. It has to be something like that. It has to be brand new, hitting the reset button. Well, so... That's why we love. That's why we love Kotor. And the now issue you're bringing is that back. Like you got to do both. Like give me a remaster and then also make something totally brand new. The the stance that we're completely missing is those that have not played Kotor. 
I mean, it's hard to go back and love the game from 2003 if you if you are a modern gamer. And I understand that completely because even myself loving the game, sometimes I go back and I'm like, Jesus, it's oh, fucking it. choppy. I know. It's hard. Um, so, I mean, from a certain point of view, I mean, they're doing what they need to. Redoing a classic, doing it the right way. They're going to get the old KOTOR fans and then start some brand new KOTOR fans. Now, the where this might go is if mm-hmm. this is widely received, you know, in, in good faith, that they'll take this and run with it and do other things because now they have KOTOR, new, brand new KOTOR fans. Right. I guess the my only rebuttal to that would be that people that haven't played KOTOR aren't asking for this. But it's this just is what they need. That it's has what they it's what they need to glue everything together. I hope so. Again, I, I mean, just, it's, it's I feel one like of those they things have if, to. If if someone told me to play Kotor as like a let's just say a twenty year old right now, I'd start it up and be like, right. "What am I even fucking playing right now?" Well, I mean, that goes for any game released in two thousand three. It's been eighteen years. You know what happens? I bet we got to wait two more years. It comes out on the twentieth anniversary. Guarantee it. 2023 guarantee it uh, yeah that's isn't that fucked too nope. <laughs> 20 years of kotor and i i know oh my god it's crazy well like i said i just feel it's fucking bananas it's fucking kotor bananas. was a, a huge hit and it was also it was kind of a risk i mean not really it's a video game so it's not like they were putting the entire like you know film franchise of star wars on the line but it was something totally brand new. And if you think of the gameplay, I mean, it was, it's like, it's D&D mechanics. Yep. Which I like from a certain point of view, but it is a little, you know, it's a little clunky. They're like, we're just basically making a game about dice rolling with a really good story. Sure. I just want them to they be. They rolled the dice with that. I just want them to roll the fucking dice. I just which want they them literally to roll. did that I know. entire game. I know. Miss, miss, miss. You didn't but, get the door, bitch. That's why it's Kernish's favorite game. <laughs> nah, that's just what I want them to do. I don't know. And I've never read comics again, like we always talk, talk about. Maybe that's why I'm so like enthralled with Marvels, because I am, I'm learning Thor's backstory and Loki's and Iron Man's and Captain America's for the first time. So it is all brand new, even though the characters have been around for a while. But that's what we could have in Star Wars. We just haven't had the opportunity, right, to have brand new characters like that. If that's the yeah. shitty thing about the sequels, it's brand new characters, but. It's still the Skywalker story, and Palpatine's still here, and Leia's, and then oh my God, they're all still Lando. Woo-hoo. You know, like, yep. dude, was was this story even necessary? I hate to even say that. I felt like it was just it. It, it was a proverbial close the door. Like I, we have to close the door of the Star of this Skywalker saga. So let's do it. Yeah, we'll start new characters, but they won't really fucking matter. Not really. Well, think of the next thing that we're getting. It's Rogue Squadron. <laughs> and I know which, that's our name which too. Which again, I want, but and I, I, I'm going to see it. But that's based on books that came out in like '92. See, I feel like that is an opportunity, especially for me, because I'm not a fan. Or, I'm, sorry, correction, I haven't read through those books, so it might be brand new to me, and it may still live. Unfortunately, it's got to live right where it, you know, yeah. it is in the Skywalker storyline, of course. But I do think there's opportunity that you know they can tell a, a pretty nice story depending on how they do it and it feels yeah. new new to me and that's what I, I again i haven't read the comics but i feel like that's what longtime comic readers of marvel long get to experience comics. in this mcu 
Yo. is because they're putting a different spin on old characters. Yeah. And they'll throw a character in and like, oh, they used to be a villain, now they're a hero. They'll change the backstory. Whatever. They'll make it more interesting. It's like, they could take Rogue Squadron and... I don't know if they've talked about the timeline, but they could do a, like, Resistance Rogue Squadron. And they could trench mm-hmm. it in the sequel, keep some of the same themes and everything, like Ace Pilots of the Resistance, but they could, like, trench it in the sequel era timeline and give us some, you know, a didn't... new spin on a classic, uh, beloved story. I'm really dumb. I've never even thought about it, where Rogue One, and then you get to Episode 5. Rogue 2. This is Rogue 2. Yeah. So maybe these will be Rogue 3, 4, and 5. Going on an adventure. What if we did get something between five and six, and this is where, and that's where that movie lies? That'd be kind of fun to me. I feel like that'd be a little fun. Rogue Squadron movie. Flyboy. As long as people call are called Flyboys, and you know, I'm a flyer. I'm a flyer. Uh, yes. Do 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 do. Christmas 2023, directed by Patty Jenkins, new generation of starfighter pilots. Um, let's see. I don't think it says that what era it's going to be in. Interesting. Yeah, it doesn't say era. I mean, if it's Rogue Squadron, I assume it has to be original trilogy. But like I said, it would be interesting to just to- put that totally different spin on it. Anyways, mm-hmm. I don't know. Here we are again, shitting. I hate it. I'm sorry, guys. Anyways, this is probably how good was Jurassic Park when it came out? <laughs> uh, it was really good. I have fucking a, groundbreaking. Do you ever have like memories from childhood that are just like entrenched in concrete in your brain? You can like recall it every no. single moment of it. You don't. You don't remember anything. I don't recall having memories. I have a very vivid moment of watching Jurassic Park 2 for the first time. Pizza and wings for dinner, family night, movie night, HBO, Jurassic Park 2, The Lost World. And I just remember loving that movie. And to this day, I think I like two more than one just because of that one night when I was like 12 or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Younger (laughs) than that. When did the second one come out? Like 99? I don't know. The first one was like 93. Dude, game changer, right? That's, yeah, it really was. That's actually on my list that I asked you to create. 97. Uh, The Lost World is 1997. So So I was nine years old. Yeah, eight, eight or nine. Crazy. Yeah, did you want to... So let's save the Matrix trailer and Hawkeye and Loki and stuff for, for next week. Did you want to get into that list? Top five. You said top five or ten. Most personally influential films. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have nine listed. I have eight, um, and I could think of two more quickly. I don't need to think of uh, any more. We'll just we can ramble through this. I think it'd be um, easier for me to think of two more than it would for me to narrow it down to five. Okay. <laughs> and I'm sure you That's know you sure. might bring something up, and I'm like, "Fuck, you're right." Um. So what I what I asked Commander to do is we we just put together a list of the most influential movies to us. So it's not even best, worst. It's just when we saw these movies, it changed the game for us. Or, you know, it, it pushed us into Star Wars. Or, you know, we, we thought about movies differently or something like that. Um, so it kind of jumps all over the place. I've got 
everything from scary movies, you know, superhero movies to classics. Um, so we're gonna go at it. And okay. we did we, we did not talk about this beforehand, so it, this might be pretty random, but uh, I'm sure we'll I'll have ju- a bit of crossover. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'll just start Guaranteed. with the one that I even meant, just mentioned, Jurassic Park. I wa- I remember watching that. Actually, you know what I don't. <laughs> you know what I don't. Sure. I don't particularly remember watching it. I remember my feeling about it. That's the right. best way for me to say that. So well, that's probably I how re- I feel about like the Lost World when I was just explaining that. Yeah. 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 I remember uh, the very beginning scene like scarred into me. The shooter, and they're like trying to taser the the raptor in the cage. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but I that's like scarred into my mind. So vividly, it just you know, and then obviously the movie itself, you know, as a a young and um, it was kind of a fucking scary movie, especially when the T Rex, which by by far is probably one of the greatest scenes to this day, yeah. is that T Rex when it's swirling around that Ford Explorer. Oh those yeah, kids and the are kids sinking are stuck in the mud. Inside. Yep, man. Dude, it's still like so I can watch it. To, I could watch it tonight, and I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Go, Billy, run! Like, <laughs> whatever his name is, <laughs> TJ. Yeah, that and when the Velociraptors are stalking them in the kitchen, like, and the tink, 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 tink with his nail, God. which they referred to at the beginning of the movie. It's like it rhymes, dude. Oh, so dude, dude. It's like that's, that's you know what that uh, Jurassic Park also did for me was make long move movies watchable mm-hmm. for me as a young younger. Yeah, because it's like two two hours plus, right? I think it's over two hours, and but I was enthralled the whole time. It just made sense to me. It was groundbreaking as far as, far as CGI. Mm-hmm. The story was super fun and unique, and it just was. It all clicked. And just to add the the cherry on top, I started getting obsessed with the uh, NES game. Two. There the was fir- a Jurassic Park NES game, or I'm sorry, yeah. Sega game. Sorry. Okay. Sega. Yeah, I had it for Super Nintendo. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, and which was hard as balls, Dude, which balls impossible. aren't that hard. So harder than bricks, <laughs> depending on the ball, depending on the brick. <laughs> Brigajello. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I assume Good. that might be one on your your list, but uh, maybe it's not, not surprisingly. Okay, um, but I will. I'll dig back into the childhood for the first one. Uh, okay. Batman Returns. Okay, four years old. Batman Returns. I'm obsessed with Batman. Yeah. Batman Returns on the Super Nintendo. It was literally, if I wasn't watching Turtles, I was watching Batman just on repeat, 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 repeat. Playing that stupid game. Couldn't beat the fucking penguin. He helicopters around <laughs> on his umbrella and kicks you. I'm like, the penguin isn't even strong. He's just a fat blob. I should yeah. be able to beat him in the game. Back when games were like extremely hard to play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, as soon as that score plays and you see the snow falling at the very beginning, I'm like... That's the Christmas zone for me is Batman Returns. That's a Christmas movie and a superhero movie as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Man. I like it. I like it. Hell yeah. uh, and I'll just throw mine out there, which is the same goddamn thing, Batman 1989. Nice. It's uh, that one. Well, that That's probably one of the earliest movies I remember watching and just connecting to. Um, I don't like it. It's, it's weird. It's weird because you and I are in such a different you know mindset than our parents Mm -hmm. so we had like it's not like our parents were nerdy and like introduced these things to us we just had to catch them as they 
randomly came on TV or stuff like that. Right. So I just remember watching Batman. It was probably one of those things that possibly my dad did buy on VHS or something and watched it once and then it just sat on the shelf for, you know, 20 years. Right. So it could be something like that. But yeah, I agree. Batman 1989 slash I'll throw returns in there because it, it's this it's the same vein. Mm-hmm. Um I remember just being enthralled and that was like the kick in the pants to be, hey, nerd stuff, this this the superhero stuff's really fucking cool. Yeah. And that's kind of I mean, that was the snowball. You know, it started with 1989 and you know teenage mutant ninja turtles were a thing and i just started snowballing from there so yeah okay 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 yeah man batman 1989 ah what a good era um also on the christmas zone uh the next one is home alone man now i had a hard time deciding between the first one and the second one i think i like the second one better oh he's too old it's it's weird for me no the second one yeah, and he's too old. It's it was like the me. next year. He, the actor, is too old. It's he's like three years older. No way! I swear he's Get like out of here. he's like noticeably older in that one. You're noticeably it, it, it older. It might not be bro. obnoxiously older, but I, I, well, I, I was hard tied to the first one, so I'm so familiar with what he looked like because I remember like, hey, that kid's like me, and then when I watched the second one, I'm like, oh, that kid's older. He's older than me. I was like, it was a weird jump. Is he age, is Macaulay Culkin aging faster than you were when you were? Yeah, have you yeah. seen him recently? Yes, he does. <laughs> I don't know. I think they're so close. And I think I always like the second one better because I had never been to New York when I was a kid. Yeah. So I was like, oh my God, it's like my favorite Christmas movie. And now they're in New York and it just looked like such a crazy place that I could never go to. Yeah. It was like not exotic, but yeah, it seemed like I was like, I'm never going to see that place. It's crazy. Um, and he gets the cheese pizza and the limo, and he fucking rigs up the goddamn toy store. And then the whole scene at the end where he's he's on like this four or five floor townhouse, and he has the whole thing rigged, and he's throwing bricks at him from the ceiling. It's so funny. <laughs> from the roof. Whatever. I, yeah. So no, funny. I, that's a good one. I prefer the first one, but I completely get it. And that's completely like good. Batman Returns and Home Alone are kind of hitting the same vein. And we're almost there because it's getting towards the end of the year, but it's just like... Order a pizza, put on the fireplace, watch Home Alone, snow's falling outside. It's like, these are huge winter vibes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's see. I got Jurassic Park. Delete that one. Batman, delete. Okay, I'm going to take, a, I'm gonna take a, a, a right turn here. Uh, okay. It's still going to be childhood, but for, it's going to be different reasons. Uh, Toy Story. Nice really changed the game for me as far as CGI and what they could do in animation. Yeah. I think not only for me, but for the entire industry, obviously. When you were but eight years old, you were analyzing that level of animation I skills? I knew that it was going to be great, because I approved it. I invested when I was eight in Pixar, because I knew Steve Jobs, he knew what was going on. <laughs> um, I still just think Toy Story, it was like... I had watched CGI stuff, Beast Wars. I had watched stuff along those lines but when it when toy story came out i was i just felt way more invested i felt like this is a classic i didn't know they could do this this well i mean we grow up watching beast wars and you know cartoons and stuff yeah i just felt like this was the first time i watched a a children's movie fully animated that i was just like 
this is it. I get it. Yeah. This this is fun, and it will never not be fun. I, I will still go back and watch Toy Story today, and yep. it's such a solid, fun, goofy movie. It is. That's such a good man. You talk about things aging well. Yeah. And it's like you can look back and you can say like, okay, well, obviously, you know, like the graphics in Moana are so great compared to this, but like it doesn't really matter because they hit a point where it's like you're getting incrementally better every time. But like from Toy Story on, it's like you can tell how big of a shift that was. And obviously the story, the soundtrack, everything's great. The voice acting. Yeah. It's weird because I feel like you could argue movies that came out after Toy Story and Toy Story still better. Like animation wise, story writing wise, for a I still, while I, it was, I, yeah. I feel yeah, I feel like it was like four years ahead of its time. You know what's another one that's maybe along the, those lines, but just not as deep as deep of a cut is Shrek. Shrek's another yeah. one that's like Toy Story, where when that came out, I was like, "Fuck, this is so good!" Like it really made it, Shrek. What it did for me was it was like the next level of voice acting for me. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know how important voice acting was until I watched something like Shrek. I was right. like, dude, these... And, uh, I mean, you get little dances of it in, like, Aladdin when it, with the genie. Mm-hmm. But, like, for the whole Ooh. movie... Yeah? You're making I'm, me think of ones I gotta add to my list. I'm, I'm throwing deep cuts out there. <laughs> I had to pare this thing down because I had, like, 15. I'm done with Toy Story. Move on. Move on. <sighs> Alright, I'm going a totally different direction for this one. Here so this is a... Well, it's not technically a movie. I'm going to count it. It's a concert DVD. It's a concert movie. But I got this Led Zeppelin DVD set. It's called How the West Was Won. And it's different. There's like different tracks on that DVD than there was on the CD. And I distinctly remember like getting the CD and trying to listen to it in my car. And I was like, this isn't the same version of Since I've Been Loving You. I need to go back to the DVD. But especially, you know, playing guitar and being like, 15, 16, 17, loving classic rock, trying to learn riffs and stuff. I would just watch that Zeppelin DVD like falling asleep every night. Mm-hmm. Those tracks are embedded in my head. Like the solos in that that first half of the first DVD that I've seen like 150 oh, times. Dun, 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 dun. Just fucking embedded in my brain. Yep. Mm-hmm. Damn. 10 years gone. Yeah. It's it was incredible. And everyone knows Zeppelin, you know, one of the best bands of all time, obviously. Like it's fine. But once you hear them perform live, I feel like it's a totally different perspective on how talented they are. There was a mysticism that, or like a fantasy vibe that Zeppelin brought to their music and their concerts that I feel like has been lost in time. No one, and I'm sure many people could correct me, um, but I just don't feel like you get to that theatrical like, I feel like Freddie Mercury maybe had it, or Dio. Dear Dio was very theatrical, and then it just kind of fell off in the 80s. Was Everything just became real and dark, and then you get grunge, and now we're here. I feel like not a lot of it... We Skipped don't have over that, a lot there. But honestly... Yeah, dark, makeup, grunge, and now it's 2021. No, no. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like, that... that, yeah. that, that um, yeah, it's like a sense of wonder in the yeah. music that I don't get anymore. I haven't heard anything like that right. uh, since. Um, I guess the only place I find it is maybe like weird folk metal or something weird that I, I listen to. Viking metal. It's like a riding into battle. <laughs> and it's like I do yeah. get a little a little taste of that that sense yeah. of wonder. 
I don't know. It's different. It's different. But no, I, I get it. Uh, Things I, are different. This isn't one on my list, but along the same lines as Pink Floyd, The Wall. I, I yeah. just, it really did. I should probably put it on this list because it did change what I, I knew about how how a movie can be written off of a album. Right. I didn't. That's you know. I, I I've seen Tommy from um, the Who. I've, I haven't I've, actually, but I heard it's pretty it's, awful. It is pretty bad. It is pretty bad. Um, yeah, I, I guess the wall, Pink Floyd's The Wall, is just a fluid, like it just, it's dark, it's evil, yeah. it's fun, it's whimsical, it's all that. I've talked a lot of hype about um, The Who and Tommy in the past, probably not much on this podcast, but just talking yeah. about music. But I will say, even though that was the first rock opera, The Wall obviously is like leaps oh, and bounds yeah. above. They just did, they did the movie right. That's all. That's all. Um, it's a higher concept, you know. Just the sure. wall in general, like the concept of that, it makes it transferable into a movie a lot easier than I think Tommy does. It's also nice because it starts off when he's a kid and ends when he's a full-grown man. So they yep. have a lot of storytelling to, to tell. Yep. A lot of story to tell. Yep. Um, all right, moving right along. I, I, will, I will change directions here a little bit too. Do um, it. I'm gonna throw one out there that you may not, or you guys might not think uh, that I would put on here. Anyways, the Deadpool. Notebook. Deadpool. What is on here for me? I know you like Deadpool, but like influential movies? No, I would not expect that. Deadpool is it stands alone still. It's it's a rated R superhero film, and I know that's, that's how Deadpool's got to be. But they did it right. I'm surprised you didn't say Logan though. Logan's not funny like Deadpool is. I know. Well, I uh, love Logan. I love Logan. I know. But Deadpool, that's what I'm saying. It was that clash of let's make it rated R, let's make it superhero, and make, let's make it funny as fuck. Those yeah. three things have never lived together in a movie ever. Superhero, dark, Hilarious. funny as fuck. Yeah. That's never happened in my mind. And when okay. I watch Deadpool, I remember laughing out loud hard oh, in yeah. the theaters while watching that for the first time and it does hold up obviously you lose a little bit of that initial laughter because you know what's coming but right yeah i put it on there just because of that it, it changed my mind about how a superhero film could be so i don't know i'm really curious if and how they're going to roll that into the mcu now that they own sony or now that they own um 21st century fox mm-hmm I hope they stick with it. I mean, I feel like I've heard rumors that they are going to keep it rated R and they're going to find a way to, to do it. Um, but yeah, I just hope they find a way to incorporate it. It'd be great to see Deadpool pop up in like Avengers 7 or whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'll go on the superhero train for a second too. So I've touted my love for Marvel and the MCU a lot over the past like five or six years, basically the entire lifetime of this podcast. But the movie that got me fucking obsessed with the MCU is Civil War. I'd, okay. I'd seen a couple. I saw Guardians. I saw Avengers. I was like, this is really cool. But Civil War, for whatever reason, is the one that like kind of pushed me over the edge and was like, all right, I'm going to go back to the beginning. I'm watching all of this shit. I'm getting obsessed. I'm looking up the fucking characters. Uh, yeah, Captain America Civil War was what did it. Nice. And that was like a mini... That was like a kind of a, a preview to Endgame because it's yeah. like all the heroes are coming together for this one thing. I thought it was fucking awesome. Sure, sure. So yeah, that's on there. No, I get it. Um, let's just keep busting yeah. through these. I could probably throw out two of these at the same time. Do it. Um, Do it, dude. Dark Knight. <laughs> That's on mine as well. 
obvious reasons. We don't even need to say anything. We don't. About we've it. talked about it before. Dark Knight. Dark Knight is on there. Uh, it it was kind of the spark of the the dark superhero film. I mean, Batman Begins. Oh, is it's definitely fine, dark. But uh, there's obvious reasons that Dark Knight stands stands out. <laughs> Joker puts you over the edge. Yeah. Well, let's move on to my next one. Joker. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I was just gonna say I love how we both have two Batman movies on our list, and now you I have three. three. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a reason he's my favorite superhero. Um, yeah, not only childhood nostalgic, they keep making them and they keep fucking knocking it out of the park. I, I just, I, yeah, I don't need to say anything more about Joker, but he, that is definitely on my list as far as superhero films that aren't superhero films. Yeah, it's lit- It's that's how it feels to me, and it's like. Dude, they just made a Batman movie without Batman, mm-hmm. and I fucking love it. Yes, yes. Nice. Go ahead. Good choice. Um, nostalgia. I, going I back a couple more. years. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It makes a lot of 1990. sense. 1990. Pizza, martial arts, New York. Let's fucking go. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about the turtles. I think we spent a lot of last episode talking about the turtles. So sure. I don't need to go into detail, but yeah, I love the original TMNT movie. Nice. Uh, I probably should have that on my list as well. No, I those uh, those movies, dude. Along the same the first one though, for along me. the same lines. Honestly, I'm just gonna show my age here. The Power Rangers movie. Yeah, that was one of those. And I know they're 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 very different universes but it was the it was the same time in my head where i was watching i was watching tmnt at least the movies Mm -hmm. and i was watching the power ranger movie with ivan ooze it's like those i know they're probably five six years apart but not really the power rangers movie is 95 that's true okay that is five years but i was gonna say when by the time the last turtles movie came out i think it was about the same but you know me as a seven-year-old i'm watching them on the same day Right. You know, I'm not. I don't. I didn't watch it in theaters. I, I yeah, watched yeah, it on yeah. VHS. You know, yeah. when I rented it from the Bluekbuster. It was also cool to see something you watched every morning on car, as a cartoon yeah. or like a show true, turn into true. a big production. Like I remember the seeing the difference in the movie versus the um, the TV show, and just being like, "Yeah, this is like next level, man." It is crazy that it started as a comic, became a cartoon, and then animatronic greatness in the 90s, and now we're into like full 3D. You can yep. become a turtle today if you right. want. Yeah. Put some dots um, in my face. I'm going to be a turtle. I will go <laughs> I will go funny again. Um, okay. One I'll that still stands up, and it just... It's probably on my list, too. Yeah. Super bad. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> super bad. Uh, I think it was just perfect timing for you and me. We were going. Off it was to college. the most perfect timing. It, it was, was literally the summer after we graduated. It's like summer oh my after we God, graduated. We just talked about this like four weeks ago. We were still <laughs> hammered in the theater watching that. That's the hardest I had ever laughed in my life at yeah, a movie. One hundred percent. It was. Uh, it just. It just. It struck the right chords at the right time. We were the perfect age. It was about us. It literally was about. It was a movie about Commander and I, and we were still hammered. So crazy. Um. Yep, that's on my list as well, obviously. So I'll go I'll go old school again. This one's going to be a, a kind of out in left field, and I, uh, there's 0% chance it's on your list, uh, but Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, it's not on my list, but I know. Uh, if it was, I was going to shut it. it down here. <laughs> um, Podcast is over, 275, that's enough. It, uh, that's a weird one that I found by myself, and 
I, I was just enthralled with like the filmmaking and the amount of effort that went into a peewee movie. Tim, well, that was same thing as uh, Power Rangers, kind of right? Because wasn't that a show first? Pee Wee, yeah, he Pee-wee's had a Playhouse. series. I think in uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse, yeah, yeah. But this was um, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that going in and watching Pee Wee's Big Adventure as a kid. This was the first time I had I had been introduced to Pee Wee. Yeah. But watching that film, I just remember it being abstract. That's the best. Like it's Tim Burton, so it's already going to be goofy. Yeah. But like in my mind to this day, I can't like. If you told me you're going to make a Pee Wee film, I have an idea of what that's going to be, and then you say it's going to be directed by Tim Burton, and then my mind just like I have no fucking idea what to expect. Right. And 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 still to this day, I watch that film. It's like holy fuck, this is so weird. Yeah. But that's why I love it because it's so weird. That's all. And it's a kids' movie. There's a lot of dark stuff in there, isn't there? Oh, there's a lot of dark stuff. Like, doesn't he? Isn't he like hitchhiking across the country or something? Yeah. I just remember Lars cross dressing. There's yeah eight. There's that's all I remember is Lard March. Yeah. There's That's a lot it. of it's 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 supposed to be an innocent movie, but it, Tim Burton makes it not innocent anymore. It's it's a very weird feeling for me. Uh, side note, uh Travis Dunn just said Ernest, and you're speaking my language, man. I remember watching the fuck out of those back in the day. My dad was obsessed with all these weird comedies. Like he would always be watching uh Three Stooges mm-hmm. and he loved Ernest. All those fucking Rob Schneider movies, just random. But yeah, I did watch Ernest back in the day. Um, okay, Wet Hot American Summer. It's a good one. For it's me, a really good it's one. another comedy. And that was like very early into me being at college that I saw that for the first time. So I feel like that movie and introducing mm-hmm. it to everybody, like all my friends and like watching it over and over again and quoting it, that kind of like defined a couple years of college. So that one was big. And I don't know. I quote that a lot. I quote that a lot. So, like, as far as comedy movies go, it was big on my list. And also, that was a kickoff movie for a lot of those actors. Paul Rudd, Bradley Cooper, Amy Poehler. Like, so many yeah. of people got their first big movie with Wet Out American Summer. Yeah. And if you guys haven't seen that, 100%. If you if you listen to the show, you should absolutely watch that movie because it's, it's so great. funny. It's so funny. It's, it's it. so well written. And they, the actors and the characters they play are so perfect. It's yeah. so good. No, uh, it's a good one. I will go scary for the first time, and I'll just throw out The Shining. Nice. Now, to be honest, The Shining is my favorite scary movie, but I do I I, I considered putting The Exorcist on there mm-hmm. because I, The Exorcist really jolted me a little more. Shining's like disturbing. The Exorcist was like scarier to me but it's yeah. they're, they're they're both scary films but they do different things for me but right. the shining i think holds up a lot better obviously you know you try to be scary in the 70s and the exorcist just doesn't hold up quite as well right actually it's gotten to the point where it's getting so old it's creepy again because you, <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah <laughs> the filmmaking's so bad you're like is this supposed to be this bad like yeah. what is this um but yeah i mean the shining it's one of those things again like Jack Nicholson. Not the golfer. I had seen him. I had seen him as the Joker. I had seen him at, in random stuff in the 90s. And then I watched The Shining. Obviously, I wasn't introduced to it in the 70s. Fucking asshole. Shot, shot at. <laughs> Negative 11. But I watched The Shining. I'm like, oh. I didn't know Jack Nicholson could do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. 
a slow moving film can keep me enthralled. Right. Like it's it's so weird. It's a, such a long fucking film and almost nothing happens the entire time, but you're still like, yeah. "Oh my god, what is this? What is happening?" And how how do they do that? Like how the fuck? It's so good. It's so good. That's all yeah. I'll say. I love yeah, it. it is good. I was actually I have some honorable mentions. I know we have two more to go, but sure. uh, as you were explaining The Shining, I was like, I don't I no horror movies made the the cut for me, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Do you have an honorable mention you're saying? Yeah, we'll get some at the end. As far I, as I was horror? Just, yeah, horror? but I was I was just like oh, I'm surprised I didn't like let any of those like be in the final. Um, the next one I don't know if you've ever actually seen. It's called I Heart Huckabees, and it's a existential comedy. Okay, it's really weird. It's really off the wall. Mark Wahlberg, um, Lily Tomlin, Dustin Hoffman, Jason Schwartzman. Um, it's really funny, and it's like these two detectives that are like philosophers. They like talk about existentialism and people come to them and they're like my life is awful i need you to investigate and they follow him around and like analyze what he's doing and be like well the way you ate cereal this morning is gonna define your entire reality just really fucking weird stuff yeah um but i watched that one so much um oh yeah and jude law is in it as well um it's hilarious oh, i love it i watch it i re- probably watch it like once a year get a good uh dose of existentialism and and go along my way but that's definitely on the list that was another uh, defining college film for me, for sure. So I only have one left, but I will throw out a couple honorable mentions uh, as Travis Dunn's uh, throwing out some good ones for his early years. He says Cannonball, Smoking the Bandit, Police Academies, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, Revenge of the Nerds, Goonies, Caddyshack, uh, awesome a lot Powers. of that stuff. Awesome Powers is a great one that holds up surprisingly well. Um, along those same lines, I will throw out Weird Science. That was definitely a film that I have been looking to go back and rewatch, and I can't find it. I I haven't been able to find. It. I don't think it's on Xbox or anything that I, that I can download it. Mm-hmm. But Weird Science is a great one. That's surprisingly dark. There's some. It, it has the underage guys going to like a bar with this stripper lady Lisa, and it gets. It's a fun one. It's a really fun one. Um, I said I was going to throw out a couple of others, but I, I guess I'll, I'll just say Caddyshack. It's got to be up there somewhere, too. Nice. Didn't particularly make this list. Um, all right. My last one is going to be obvious to you. Uh, f- at least f- it's CKY. <laughs> the first, which which one? <laughs> I just put CKY. If I had to pick yeah, one. Yeah, all of them. Yeah. That's fair. All of them's fair. It's okay. If I had to pick one. CKY 3. I think uh, that's the one with three random ox. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's correct. Um, so I think I'd have to pick that one. I think that one's got my favorite uh, music on it, too. They have they because I feel like the first couple it was they bounced around between do host and other yeah. other random music. CKY three. I feel like it is CKY in the Bloodhound Gang. And then it's just bam and, and his buddies. Yep. Um, so they kind of really finalize their their touch on that on that but the cky movies if you guys aren't familiar it's just early jackass before they got popular or famous so it's funnier to me so <laughs> innocence and more shit that more actual fecal matter though well, they're is, guilty is of plenty one. um oh there's one? a good one guilty as charged <laughs> damn it man <laughs> uh, there's too many movies i can't pick 10 man um last on my list again we're talking influential like kind of change the course or how I perceive movies and things. Um, 
I had to put a Star Wars movie on here. Last one is Phantom Menace. Makes um, sense. Makes a lot of sense. I was trying to decide between Empire and Phantom Menace because, as I mentioned, my earliest exposure to Star Wars was renting Phantom Menace from the library on VHS and watching the Hoth battle and then turning it off. Um, but I think Phantom Menace is a little more profound as far as like, I liked Star Wars. I went to the movie theater to see that. I immediately went to Walmart and got Legos uh, from the Phantom Menace movie. Um, and that kind of, yeah, pushed me into Star Wars. And then I met you, stupid fuckers, and we started playing the card game. And like, yeah, just it was a snowball from there. So episode one is on my list. Does it say something about me that I don't have Star Wars film on there? Not really. I mean, part of me was like, we always talk about Star Wars. That's obvious. Let me get 10 other ones. But, you know, I could not put one on there. It's weird. It's weird for me to think like most influential. And it's like Star Wars is on there somewhere as a whole. Absolutely. But, like, if I had to pick one movie to say it, this changed my view of how movies are, I don't think I would pick a Star Wars film. Or influential into, like, what interests you and, like, what kind of pop culture you're into, yeah. Yeah, but I think, like, along those, the same vein, you know, my nerdiness was pre-built with the TMNTs and, and the Batmans and all that stuff had already come out. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. But I, I see what you mean. Like, if somebody asked me, pick your three favorite movies of all time... I probably wouldn't put a Star Wars single Star Wars movie in that sure. list. It's like Star Wars as a whole, and I, I don't even know if I would put like a MCU movie in that list. It would be MCU as a whole is something that I enjoy. That's like what's your what's your five favorite songs? You wouldn't pick a Metallica song, but if you say what's your, one of your favorite albums of all time, it'd be in Metallica. <laughs> yes, it'd probably be up there. Um, no, I, I get it. I get yeah. it because you wouldn't be able to like pick apart one song or one movie and have it stand alone and be like that one's my favorite movie yeah. of all time because it is. It's a it's a longer story, and a lot of the things I put on my list is like the movie tied to the experience of seeing it or like the first moment that you see it. Um, so there, there's a couple that didn't make the list. Honorable mentions that I'll just run through. Out Cold. I've probably watched that movie more strong. than any other movie for some reason. Strong, strong. Uh, you know, you had to make cuts at some point. Uh, UHF. I still remember the moment that we got that uh, VHS. We're like, we'd heard about the movie and we finally found it like at a random, I think we were camping and like yeah. in town there was a video rental store yep. and like we saw it and we're like, yep. we have to, we have to buy this. And then you we know what other film we bought home. that day? Ace Ventura 2. Yeah. <laughs> which was, which would be on that list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, saw and House of a Thousand Corpses are the two horror movies that I had that didn't quite make the cut. But I remember watching the first Saw a lot. That was one. That's one that just, I was thinking, would that hold up? Because the big twist at the end, like you already know. So like, would I waste my time? I say that, waste my time. But would I? Would I waste my time watching that movie just for a thing that I know is already going to happen? Is the film, the rest of the film that good, I guess? I think there's more there than just the twist. Yeah. Yeah. I, think I, su- so. I suppose, but... Um, and now here, here's the one that was the hardest for me to take off that list, and that's Terminator 2. Yeah. It no, was really it. hard for me to remove that from the list, but, you know, I had to make room for some things. Um, but, yeah, you know, pivotal in my early days. I remember being – well, I don't remember being three. Obviously, my dad told me about this after the fact, but I was three, and my dad was watching that R-rated movie, and my mom was yelling at him, and he was like, he knows where the swear words are. He covers his ears. It's fine. <laughs> Is that right? Earmuffs. Earmuffs, man. Um, Travis Dunn throws out some 90s ones that, that are influential. Total Recall, Hackers, Independence Day, The Mighty Ducks, Ooh. and Hook. 
Hook's a good Hook's one good. for me. Independence Day is good. I, I rewatched Independence Day. I finally bought it on my Xbox. I don't want to say it didn't hold up, but it it was a little a, t- a tick under. I was like, oh okay. Mm. Hook, I rewatched, and I'm like, dude, this is still fucking great. Yeah, I'm I, I'm hooked. <laughs> Hoi! That's, that's what's called a joke. Even though I've seen it, I'll put it on my list. That I because I haven't seen it in a long time. Okay, that was Hook fun. And, Hook inspired me to always open my window to strangers. <laughs> I can't talk to you. You're a stranger. Stranger danger. That was fun, man. I uh, the first two that we talked about were um, Christmas oriented, so it's just getting me more and more excited for the end of the year. I love Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and the Hawkeye that- trailer, I know you haven't seen it yet, but that's supposed to take place at Christmas, so there was a Christmas tune in the trailer. So I'm just like, I know it's September, but like, let's go, man. Christmas. Yeah, fucking hurry it up. <laughs> um, one one thing that my in-laws, in, not, not introduced me, but it's kind of a staple for them, is watching Scrooged. Mm-hmm. And that movie's Love fucking Scrooged. hilarious. Yeah. And I never really appreciated it until more recently in my life. And dude, I, he's so good. He's so good. I love it. That bitch hit me with a toaster. Like, I fucking love. I love it. <laughs> we'll have to do a full. We'll, we'll have to redo this for uh, for Christmas films specifically, closer towards the end of the year. We'll do yeah, top twenty Christmas films, because <laughs> you know, Christmas Vacation, step one. <laughs> twenty. True Lies. <laughs> Die Hard. <laughs> I don't think True Lies even happens at. I think you meant to say Die Hard. <laughs> I know I meant True Lies. Actually, I wanted to buy that one not too long ago too, and I couldn't find it. Oh boy, Arnold. Yeah, good. I uh, sometimes good it's just nice. I know we we talk retro all the time, but sometimes it's nice to specify on some some good ones there. We had some I mean, overlap. Why are we all here? Just to like think back about when life was better. Yeah. So. Don't look to the future. Always look back. Always. Don't change. That's bad. Hunker down in your ways and only play games that were made in 2003 and watch movies that were made in 1995. Ooh, Ryan, or Ryan Dunn. Wow, I'm, I'm CKY on the mind here. Ryan Dunn. Uh, Travis said, do your favorite Halloween and or Christmas. That's movies. true. Yeah, we can do horror movies kind of leading up to uh, Halloween. I know that um, this is third plug for Revenge of the 90s, but I know they always do a whole October run. I think they double up on episodes and they do just as many horror movies as they can. Um, so yeah, that'll give me some ideas, and you know we'll revisit this closer to Halloween. And yeah, if, and, if you guys have any su- suggestions too, of course I'm I'm down for rewatching all the horror films that I love. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe send us some top fives that you may or may not want us to watch, <laughs> <laughs> and we will not watch them, and we Thank will you. consider it. Goodbye. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's the obvious ones that we've watched. We've talked about them. Uh, yeah. So maybe some something outside of that realm that you're like, dude, you guys haven't seen this, do it. I actually haven't seen like stuff like The Strangers or Sleepy Hollow or... Oh, I love Sleepy Hollow, dude. I haven't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I haven't it's, seen... That's another Tim Burton one, this Sleepy Hollow. Is it really? Oh, yeah, I'm Tim Burton with Johnny Depp um, fucking Palpatine's in it for a little bit. Johnny Depp's in... Is that the one where he's a writer in the attic? He's, Sleepy Hollow. There is a lot of writing and a lot of attic stuff going on. Yes, maybe you're I not have wrong. seen it. He's a scientist, I think, from New York, and he goes up to Sleepy Hollow to figure out. It's yeah, it's the one where Christopher Walken is the is the headless horseman, and he has the stupid teeth. 
there's the beginning shot where he's like killing people in the woods and he becomes a headless horseman and then the the stunt double who's actually doing all the action is ray park yeah we talked about that last halloween i think but we're gonna talk about it again and i'm gonna talk about dracula i always talk about dracula with gary oldman fucking love it is there a good dracula it's there's a few kind of dated moments in it um you know keanu's a, a little stiff in that one you know he's trying to be british so that's always just weird um uh, <laughs> but it in general dracula? yeah it's just called dracula um i think it's like 92 or something 2000 it's a uh, francis ford coppola but you know all in all i love that fucking movie 1992 shinobi stop being inspired by things i'm inspiring you to be uninspired i'm inspiring you to end this podcast okay that's it thanks for tuning in everybody you got it recording stopped